Hello, Quasi Stranger. Hello, friend. And I know that you're in Vienna doing a fellowship in something that I cannot even pronounce. So how are you doing? What are you doing? I'm really good. I'm in Vienna currently doing a fellowship in neuroimmunology, which is very cool. And I'm really passionate about it. So I'm very, very well. So how are you? Um, why don't you tell me what neuroimmunology means? <laughs> it actually means a specific part of neurology that deals with how the immune system interacts with our brain and how that causes some illnesses. Wow. Interesting. Um, sounds like a very far away thing that I know nothing about, but <laughs> also I have not traveled. So you've traveled for both of us and I'm, I'm really happy and I'm very proud of you that you got this fellowship. This is really amazing, especially during the pandemic. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm living vicariously through you with, with, with all of your travels. Well, today we talk about something that everyone can relate to and has gone mm -hmm. through at least at one point in their lives. And that is anxiety. It's very generalized now. We, we all know the feeling of kind of chest tightening and this uncontrollable mind raising where you can't stop thinking and this heart rate being like a, like a fast drum and you feel like it's going to jump out of your chest. So the good news is that yoga has been used successfully to minimize the symptoms of anxiety in certain situations. And since we have experience, fortunately or unfortunately, in both anxiety and yoga, this is a, a topic that we can, we can really speak on. And we know that it's been proven that yoga can alter the stress response systems, uh, which decreases physiological traits, just as the ones that I mentioned. And um, I guess the last thing before we go on to actually really explore this topic, I found a statistic which is pretty shocking to me where the generalized anxiety disorder affects 6.8 million adults and that's 3.1% of the US population and yet mm -hmm. only 43%, about 43% are receiving treatment. And women are twice as likely to be affected as men, which is no surprise there. <laughs> and the generalized anxiety disorder often co-occurs with uh, major depression. So. Jansu, I know you know a lot about what anxiety is and different types of anxiety disorder. Maybe be, before we go into our own experience, maybe you can tell us more about what anxiety really is and kind of different levels of it or maybe different disorders of it. Mm -hmm. You just spoke about um, generalized anxiety disorder. And I want to point out 3.1% doesn't seem that much because we all know people that in our life that struggle with anxiety. And most of us actually struggle with anxiety all the time. That there is a very distinct difference between having anxiety and having an anxiety disorder, which is all of us have anxiety. Anxiety is a very normal response to a situation in our lives. Anxiety just means that we are troubled or we're feeling threatened by something. And we need that. You need anxiety in order to keep yourself safe. The problem is in modern life, we tend to feel threatened by things that are not actually threatening. I mean, the difference between having anxiety and having an anxiety disorder is that in order for you to be diagnosed with anxiety disorder, you have to have a sort of loss of function because of anxiety. If you can't get out of the house because of anxiety, or if you cannot function well because of anxiety, or do you, you sleep too, too much or you don't sleep at all. So there has to be a change in function. If you don't 
have that, you're not diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And there are different types of anxiety disorders. You just mentioned there's um, generalized anxiety disorder, meaning you're anxious in all aspects of your life, or there can, there is panic disorder, meaning like you can have panic attacks. Some people mm-hmm. don't have like generalized anxiety, but they have um, a certain episodes of real panic attacks and mm-hmm. that can be Um, very troublesome you can have a phobia like people who are afraid to go outside or you can have OCD meaning obsessive compulsive disorder or you can have post-traumatic disorder or you can have social anxiety so these are all under the spectrum of anxiety disorders and they don't have different levels we don't I mean no one can say um, generalized anxiety is milder than a phobia or a panic disorder is more severe than OCD this all depends on what your experience is like or uh, how much does it affect your life so there is actually no levels but I can easily say that you don't have to fit into one category I've been all around around the spectrum of anxiety disorder my whole life. I've been diagnosed with depression, generalized anxiety, OCD, and that's okay. Sometimes you can, you can experience more social anxiety that can affect your life more. And some days you can have a more generalized anxiety. You don't have to fit into one category. That's what I mean. I know anxiety is really hard and um, especially you don't have to be diagnosed to have severe symptoms or you don't have to have a clinical disorder to seek a cure or a treatment or something to make it better. So we sometimes we use yoga for that. So my question is, how do I know when my anxiety becomes too much? You mentioned the functioning part, but there are some people who function with anxiety. There are people mm-hmm. who, you know, get enough sleep or don't have necessarily the the typical symptoms of somebody with anxiety where they are, they're functioning with anxiety, just like those people who function with depression. So where is the line where you feel like you need to seek help? or something that's out of your hands. You know what? I think you draw the line. I think that line isn't drawn by medical professionals and I think this is really important for all of us to take the responsibility and take control of our life and say, for example, I know I'm high functioning when I have anxiety. Um this is a very uneasy episode for me, but year back I was I was experiencing severe anxiety and I was actually at my psychiatrician so I was like surrounded by psychiatrists and I told them I'm not good I'm feeling really anxious and because I was working with them they said we're functioning we can't treat you now this is not a very good way to approach things I feel like this is not very kind because I was there telling I cannot do this anymore and they were like but no you're functioning. So you can say I know I'm functioning but I'm not feeling well. I am unwell. But the time when you say I am unwell, you have every right to seek for help and I definitely suggest you do. Yeah, absolutely. So so as you mentioned, anxiety is normal in certain in certain ways, in certain aspects and so you know when and fear it's all normal normal things when you have a test coming up or when you have some sort of like personal problem you your anxiety arises and that's okay. It's actually very helpful for us. It's necessary for mm-hmm. us. But when anxiety gets out of control, which it did for me, 
without realization. So I didn't realize that I was suffering from anxiety. Probably it was uh, maybe like 10 years ago, uh, maybe even more now. I started suffering from something that I didn't realize was anxiety. And I was having physical symptoms that I didn't connect anxiety Mm -hmm. to my physical symptoms. And so what I started doing is I went to the doctor and said, Hey, I have these physical symptoms. And they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, well, I did all of these tests. And they're like, you're absolutely fine. And yet I I was feeling off. But I couldn't, I couldn't Mm -hmm. figure it out for a really long time. And I, I didn't connect that it was anxiety for quite some time. And at the same time, I did feel stress. But again, because I've, I've always, I've never been anxious. I've, I'm not an anxious person. And so because I never realized that anxiety can, can give you physical symptoms as well, I never took it as let me go see a therapist or let me figure out that, you know, what I can do. In mm-hmm. fact, when I was feeling at my worst, what bothered me the most is when people would say, it's okay, go do yoga. Or they, oh my God, you're a yogi. Like you shouldn't be going through this. You're, you should be mm. chill and calm. And you know, what is anxiety for a yogi? And that bothered me so much. And it was almost like a guilty feeling of like, oh my God, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Like I do yoga on regular basis. It's my lifestyle. And yet I'm going through this. And in fact, towards the end, when I actually started seeking help, uh, outside help. What started happening is I started getting anxiety in yoga classes and mm. I stopped going to yoga. Mm. I completely stopped going to yoga because it was making me super anxious. And so I wish I could give you a good conclusion to this uh, in a sense that I don't know what helped my anxiety. I don't know what alerted my anxiety, uh, mm. but it kind of went away on its own. And I don't have answers uh, to what actually happened. But what I can say is that yoga is a wonderful way to deal with stressful situation and certain anxiety levels, for the lack of a better word. But if you're really suffering from anxiety, yoga is not that helpful. In fact, it could do the opposite, which it Mm -hmm. did for me. It created more anxiety for me. I was so cautious to go back. It took me a while to go get back to a studio. Yoga is a great way to, to deal with, with stresses, life stresses, but it is certainly not always the best way to deal with high anxiety. I totally agree. Uh, and I'm so sorry to hear. I was I was shaking my head over here and <laughs> because I because I can definitely understand how people saying Um, you shouldn't have anxiety because you're a yogi or just go do some yoga being very unhelpful and even unkind because it basically doesn't do anything, does it? Right. It doesn't help like at all. Like, why are you saying that? But I actually had a very different experience. I've been using yoga for at least eight years for my anxiety because through breathing, through its philosophy, through doing actually doing the asanas and grounding yourself and focusing on the moment, what I realize is I can detach myself and unhook myself from some thoughts that just take me to an emotional storm and just give me that feeling of, you know, the chest pain, that stomach ache, that um, feeling nauseous, because that's what happens to me. I can't always do it. And when my anxiety levels are really high, I choose not to. And that's also Mm self-help. Self-help doesn't have to be 
headstands and um, mantras and, um, you know, being chill and om all the time. Self-help can be just going to bed earlier or opting out of that yoga class. So I think um, there is a prejudice there where people say, you know, yogis can't be anxious, but that's not very true. (laughs) almost feel like it's like a misconception of just because you practice yoga you should always be calm chill and happy and that's we've talked about it in our previous episode Mm -hmm. of all these misconceptions I think that's another one and I also think it actually made my anxiety worse Mm. (laughs) because as I said I it's almost like an expectation that I shouldn't be going through like you don't expect Mm. somebody like me to go and especially because I'm not an anxious person so mm-hmm. when I was going through it, it almost made it worse because A, people were telling me to go to yoga class when it wasn't helping and B, yoga classes were creating more anxiety for me. And mm-hmm. so I had I, I stopped going. So there's different types, there's different ways. And I guess kind of in the overall experience is that to each its own. But yeah. what, can, what has been proven is it, it, what has been proven is that yoga can help in various anxious situations. It depends. And just as, as you said, it depends on an individual. So there are anxiety situations that can be a huge burden and they wear you down, your nervous system down, your physical body and, and brain and making your, your normal functioning very difficult. And this is when potentially you need to seek help outside, like a therapist or maybe medication. And there are ways where yoga is great and you can simultaneously use it to better to balance yourself and to give yourself kind of a break. So as we talk about this, let me bring up some ways that yoga can help with Mm -hmm. anxiety. So so one of the things that uh, this, this great American writer Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, nothing can bring you peace but yourself. Mm. And of course, it's easier said than done. And I don't think it's actually necessarily, you don't, you shouldn't be taking it uh, straightforwardly because what he's saying, bring you peace by yourself is that you can seek help outside to actually bring yourself peace. It, you mm-hmm. don't have to deal with it yourself, right? So that's, that's the most important thing that I want to, I want people to get out of this, this episode. But and so starting out with, with postures, um, I'm not going to go through all of the postures, but there are specific postures that are good for anxiety, which mm-hmm. are calf stretches and child poses and downward facing dogs and bow pose and fish pose and their shoulder stands. And if you have never done yoga, you should definitely get an instructor who kind of is aware and has experience with teaching these specific postures and poses for anxiety where they can help you and show you how to do it properly. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's a good way to, to release some physical tension. And then there's I think more importantly for both of us, we talked about this is breathing exercises Mm -hmm. and there's different types of breathing exercise. And again, I'm not going to go into it, but they're super helpful in calming your breath, which calms your nerves, which calms your brain, which makes you an overall calm. Right. Mm. And you wanted to talk really quickly about the breathing. That's actually a very cool hack. I feel like when I first got into yoga, I was like, oh, this is like this, these breathing techniques really, really calm me down. How does it do it? Because I'm a clinician. My head goes right in there. Like, what's the mechanism of this? So the thing is, what most of the breathing techniques in yoga do is that you exhale longer. Mm-hmm. Most of them. That's the basic 
um, rule you exhale for a longer time. And I was like, why, why does this help calm you down? And then I looked it up. What it does is it actually stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system, which we have two different autonomic nervous system. One is sympathetic and one is parasympathetic. It, now it's very common and people talk about this a lot. So I'm not going to go really deep into it, but sympathetic nervous system mainly is responsible from your fight and flight response. Meaning if a tiger were to attack you, you would have to be able to run away from it. So sympathetic nervous system makes you ready to fight or flight, you know, run mm-hmm. away. And parasympathetic nervous system actually takes care of your like digestion, your sleep, the things that you do when you're in a safe space. Mm-hmm. So exhaling for a long for a longer amount of time, what it does, it, it just stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system, tricks you into thinking that you're in a calm place, that you're in a resting phase. So you calm down. Mm-hmm. I find this to be really amazing and it can also help to retain the breath, not right after your inhale, but right after you exhale. So those are really good as well. Yep. And then the other thing that really is super helpful, although again, in my case, it actually made my anxiety worse. So it depends just like we just talked about, it depends individually, meditation, meditation Mm -hmm. for me is super helpful. And I've mentioned this before, where I go through stages where I'm like, very good at meditating every Mm -hmm. single day. And then I go through months where I don't meditate at all. Then I go back at it. And I say, why didn't I meditate? This makes me feel so good. But meditation produces this deep state of calm, by Mm -hmm. increasing alpha waves in the brain, creating a coherent state, called restful alertness and meditation is an excellent tool for relaxing and a distracted mind and so when your mind is all over the place we're still in meditation using breathing techniques right to calm Mm -hmm. ourselves so again not to go too much into it meditation is a really great way to calm your racing mind if you can uh, mm-hmm. because for me it did it, it was actually like the opposite effect so as much as I now love meditation and I think it's a, it's a really great source and resource for anxiety you have to be you have to know what you're going through and use it accordingly and also having somebody who can guide you through meditation especially if mm. you've never done it I think that's key it's absolute key I still prefer mm-hmm. guided meditation over uh, doing it by myself. Um, sometimes I just find, uh, you know, Headspace. We've talked about Headspace. I love that app. Mm-hmm. Or just finding something on YouTube that can guide you. I think that's very, very good. Or you can personalize it and find, you know, a, a teacher, uh, an instructor that's that can guide you through it. But meditation is wonderful for, for doing just that. I also love meditation. I don't use meditation for um, calming my racing mind because I can't do that. I mean, <laughs> my mind is out of control. And I... For the longest time I tried to like calm my thoughts down, I was like, just slow, slow, slow. And I couldn't do it. So now how I use it is I actually try to make space for my emotions, which is also another technique you can use. Mm -hmm. What I do is in my mind, I create a safe space for myself to feel everything because we all know, just like with any emotion, anxiety will pass. You cannot be forever anxious. You're actually, what happens is you become so anxious so frequently you think you're always anxious, but that's not possible. Emotions come and go and come and go. So if you make space for yourself in your mind to actually observe that, I find it to be really relaxing and very reassuring to say, um, I'm anxious now, 
but I won't be forever. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I'm actually going to talk about that in a little bit, but before that, I'm quickly going to mention mudras, which are hand gestures, and Mm -hmm. I've never used them, but they've been used for thousands of years to help ease the mind and body and provide kind of like a relief from a number of different conditions, like including Mm -hmm. anxiety. But I, I don't, I don't really want to talk about it because that's not something that's not my experience. I've never really used Mm -hmm. it. Have you? I'm not sure. No, I'm not. I, I was never into it, but you can always give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but what you just did mention was, you know, kind of keeping kind of a positive mind. And and to me, like mantras, and for some people, praying mm-hmm. is the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to use mantra. And so many, many years ago, I took a course to like better yourself, uh, in, in inner peace, find a better inner peace. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't even remember, um, or changing your habits, making yourself uh, more useful, so on and so forth. Anyways, only then did I understand the importance of mantras. And I have my own mantra, and I encourage everybody to create their own mantra that they can remember and say over and over and over again. So I say my mantra as soon as I wake up, and I also say my mantra every time I shower or bathe. Uh, also, we're not going to go into it, but water to me is also very and very important aspect to life and so I Mm. I try to say my mantras when I'm in the water that's a whole different topic but Mm. mantras if you create your own mantra it's very personalized and I think it's very good because it's something that you have come up with Uh, and I I, again I encourage people to create their own and that they can stick with they don't need to change it every single time I've had the same mantra for probably like four years now and Mm. once in a while once my life really does change then I change my mantra or sometimes like I'm going through a period of life where like something different is is going on so I'll change my mantra but it's also my own it's always my own and I always personalize it to myself and I never tell anybody I never tell anyone what my mantra is nobody knows it's only personalized it's only to you so I've learned that and it's a really cool thing and the other thing that I want to say is that believe is also very important and again not to go into it too much but I feel like believing in your mantra and believing truly believing in what you say is very Mm. very important you can and in the beginning by the way in the beginning I felt a little foolish kind of saying it even in my head sometimes I say it out loud and it's at first, uh, you know, kind of that thing, like fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like that, where I was like, oh, this feels weird. Like, it's a little bit strange that I keep saying, like, am I talking to myself? That's, but then you kind of ought to, and you, it's your own mantra, you created it yourself. So then you're like, okay. And then you believe it and it comes, it almost comes to like fruitening, becomes like a reality. And it really makes a difference, especially if I'm going through something difficult or if I'm really annoyed with somebody, I just go to my mantra and it calms me down. It really does. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with the situation. I'm not going to get angry or upset or frustrated. Let me just speak to my mantra. And some people use prayer for that, you know, whatever it might be. But I think that's a really, really good way. And so when I had anxiety, I used a mantra. And when I had like really difficult moments and I couldn't control it, and I would just go in and I would just repeat it over and over and over and over and over again. And sometimes it would be like minutes, which felt felt like hours, but I just kept going and going. And it felt like it gave me release. It really did. I really felt Mm -hmm. like just saying it over and over and over again. And I concentrated on it and I put all my brain power into that. It gave me calmness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like mantra and praying is, is, is very good. 
whatever works for you. And then the other thing that I want to mention is positivity, especially positivity in your surrounding. It's not yoga per se, mm-hmm. but when you practice yoga with people, uh, mm-hmm. even the people that you don't know are strangers, we all bring in our own energy, mm-hmm. right? And so when people are practicing the same thing or envision the same thing, although personalized and individualized, I think being in the environments that will help you with your anxiety is super, super helpful. And so surrounding yourself with positive minded people, having people that influence you in a positive way, quality over over quantity, and kind of attitude towards life, as I said, like believe and it will be, I think is really important. That's actually a very important point, I feel like, because um, I think probably the real reason why it immediately helps with my anxiety is that I changed uh, my surrounding. The people who I was doing yoga with were actually people who were calmer, who were trying to better themselves, who were trying to get to a more positive aspect in life. So me being like in the hospital all the time with all these like anxious, angry people, and then just going to that calm place, it actually um, created a safe space for me to be in. And I feel like that really helped as well. Even if now I know it's the pandemic, you can go, you can actually attend a live class, but there mm-hmm. are few people on the internet who I know. Yoga with Adrian is one of them. I think we can definitely yeah, we both about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We both like um, do yoga with her. The thing is, she, what she tries to do is she tries to um, create a community, even online, of people who are trying to better themselves, which is, I think, also very important. Absolutely. You know, we just went over a, a couple of things, how yoga can help with anxiety. And again, if you've never done yoga, I highly encourage you to get a an instructor who can gear mm-hmm. towards your your personal goals or whatever you're dealing with. I think it's really important. And also I want to tell people that by you going to yoga to one class will not change anything. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, you will have a different experience and it doesn't necessarily have to become a lifestyle per se, but Mm -hmm. it's a not, it's not a one-time activity. You have to continue going in order to see progress, just like with anything else. So Mm -hmm. To us, I feel like it's a way of living. We use yoga every day in our lives, but it doesn't have to be so with everybody else. And another thing that I want to mention, though yoga can positively impact your mental and physical health, it is not, absolutely not a substitute for medicine or therapy all of us have, right? So all of us have individual experiences and Yoga, medicine, therapy, can all of this be done simultaneously? Yoga can be Mm. um, in an adjacent thing. It's all individual experience. I totally agree. And well, that was packed full. We would love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Do you have any experiences? Have you done yoga while you you were experiencing anxiety? Um, If you have any questions, please let us know. Per usual, don't keep yourself quiet. Let us know you're with us. Like, subscribe, share, and comment. Until next time, quasi stranger. Enjoy Vienna. Bye, friend.